Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. And welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Uh, so I was wondering, if you had to join a gang in Night City, which one do you think you could be in? Assuming you have the skill set to go with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh. Uh- a toss-up between, like, the Valentinos or the Voodoo Boys. Man, same brain, dude. Same brain. I was leaning more towards Valentinos just because I was like, well, it's the Hispanic culture. I can definitely get in with that, you know? Yeah, I think I leaned more towards Voodoo Boys. But, you know, that this seems like, uh, this seems like the thing I would be more, like, interested in, like, you know, diving into the deep net and stuff. That sounds cool. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Because uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, but being a good net runner would be awesome. But I'm like, I'm, I'm told I'm like an honorary Mexican, so. Hmm. Uh, married oh. into a Mexican family, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got a lot of interesting stuff to cover tonight, but the first thing that I'm always going to hit you guys with is the scream sheets. So I did mess up on a couple of things last week. The song I referenced to from Miracle of Sound is actually just called Valhalla Calling, and there is a solo version, a metal version, a duet version, and then the trio is Miracle of Sound, Peyton Parrish, and Eric Holloway. It's amazing and needs to be heard. I also looked into the Nocturne. Okay. The title of the final mission is a reference to Nocturne in F minor, op 55, number one, by Polish composer Frederick Chopin. Frederick Chopin, who honestly I could do a full tangent on. But it's also noteworthy that when you enter Embers during this quest, it's the music that Hanako is playing on the piano, which I thought was really cool. And then, fun little fact, it is also in another CDPR game. So, um, in the Hope version of the Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings trailer, it also has the Nocturne playing in the background. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Who the f- who are we talking about tonight, dude? Um. Well, tonight we're talking about probably the gang that neither one of us would put anywhere above the bottom of our lists. Um, <laughs> I think I put this probably on the bottom. I don't know. It's pretty bad. It's pretty rough. Yeah. I. Yeah. No, they are definitely at the bottom. I'm like running. Th- I would rather be an animal than one of these guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tonight we are talking about uh, the Maelstrom game. Keeping on that uh, that theme of our cyber psychotic buddies. Um, and damn, do they have a deep history of that shit. <laughs> they have a huge history and lore uh, within the universe of cyberpunk. And about being like... Not only borderline psycho, but actually cyber psycho. And probably just regular straight up psychotic. Yeah. 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 So uh, we're going to start with uh, a little bit of a database entry 2077. So Maelstrom, a gang that controls the districts of Watson and the Northside Industrial District. You can easily recognize them by their intimidating faceplates and hostile optic implants, which not only indicates their gang affiliation, but also their fetish fetishes. I I can't say that word for some reason. Please say that word. Fetish off. Now you screwed me up, dude. Uh, But also they fetishize cyberware and cyber modification. That's a good call. I don't know why I couldn't say that word. Uh, Looking at Maelstrom, you might think, now those are some hella bold pioneers of transhumanism. If they were only testing the limits of the human body on themselves, then you'd be right. Sadly, they also like to conduct experiments on those unfortunate enough to cross their path. Maelstrom is known for their exceptionally brutal and public gang executions, Combine that with illegal brain dance production and a manic fighting style, and you've got yourself a gang with a reputation as a band of lunatics on the verge of cyberpsychosis. The truth is, there's nothing about there's nothing crazy about how Maelstrom operates. At the end of the day, it's all about biz, and the more rumors there are about them, the better. Oh, these guys. I I don't understand them. So the first time that you see them, it's so creepy. They're red glowing eyes. I don't like it at all. But yeah, let's get into a little bit of the history. Let's pull it back to way before 2077. The Maelstorm was a booster gang formed by what was left of the Metal Warriors, a gang that was almost completely wiped out by the Inquisitors. It had also acquired members from the Red Chrome Legion and Iron Sights, who also have grudges against the Inquisitors. And while the Inquisitors are a special target for their violence, Maelstrom will also, of course, attack everyone else as well. Told y'all, it's history. These are old school gangs. And one day down the road, we will have a full history lesson and talk about all the things in universe that we don't see in the game. But let's do a brief overview of these gangs. The RCL. In 2020, the Red Chrome 
Chrome Legion are comprised of militant neo-fascists, otherwise known as skinheads. Hmm. They are individuals focused on terrorizing those different from themselves. (sighs) By 2045, their operations have changed to suit the world during the time of the Red, uniting youths around various hate group ideologies and making uniforms and militaristic slogans the rule. The Legion continues to attack anything and anyone they think isn't right. Uh, can we just give a big collective middle finger to these shitheads? Yeah. yeah. Like, this, to accompany this middle finger to this fucking fly in my room that is flying around and I want to kill <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if, you live stream, if, you, if you're watching the live stream, you can see me fucking looking around it all over the place because this thing is all up in my face. It's on my face! Oh no. <laughs> the red chrome sent the fly to piss you off even more. Apparently. Oh, okay. So the other gang that I mentioned were the Iron Sights. And the Iron Sights uh, is a gang in Night City that is funded directly by Arasaka. The behavior of this gang suggests that they not only hate humanity, but also like to hurt, mutilate, and kill others for what they would seem to be just the pure pleasure of it. It heavily suggests that they all suffered from cyberpsychosis. Again, intentionally murdering people for pleasure due to psychosis. (sighs) But after reading about the Red Chrome, I think I'd rather be a cider than part of the Legion, because at least they're indiscriminate with their kills. I guess. So, now that we know a little bit about the history of who Maelstrom is formed of, what are these little psychopaths up to now? Real quick, before that, I realized that probably just a brief overview, and this is probably a game that we can talk about in a whole other episode someday, um, but the Inquisition was mentioned. They are a gang that is kind of the opposite of Maelstrom in the fact that they... Uh, they think that all cyberware is essentially unholy and an abomination. So they're completely organic, and they intentionally hunt down literally anyone with cyberware. Like, even even like a fashionware item, they'll kill you for it. They hate all cyberware. So, and like I said, this is probably a gang that we could do an entire other episode on. Um, so, for now... This is all you know. So obviously, they're going to be pretty big enemies of the cyberware gang, essentially. <clears throat> so, uh, as for what they are up to now, uh, get a little bit of a, what they're like, turf and area. Uh, Maelstrom members dress in black leather, darkened denim, and chrome, preferring visible high-profile cyberware, generally appearing to be primitive and dangerous. A full third of them are clinical cyberpsychos, and the remainder are borderline. Back when they were the Metal Warriors, they held onto a code of honor. When their original leader, Hammer, was thrown out, the code of honor went as well, and the rest of their humanity. If you're being chased by the Inquisitors, they'd probably ignore you to attack them instead, and vice versa. At any other time, you would be targeted indiscriminately. 
Don't get involved with them. <laughs> Just stay away. It's, it's pretty bad. Claiming a turf near the docks, they're based in an abandoned building there. The area is volatile because many of the businesses in this area covertly support solos and some corporations. The gang realizes this and excludes those businesses from their protection racket. It's interesting. It's like, they don't. They also don't like corpos. Or, I guess, solos? <clears throat> yeah, well, because solos pose a threat. And, I mean, I don't understand why they don't like the Corpos, especially if they're still being funded by Arasaka. Yeah. Or do you think that they got their ties cut? They're not anymore. Yeah, that was specifically the Iron Sights, I think, the ones. Because the ones that they did absorb, I'm pretty sure, lost out on that. Uh, those corporate paychecks, essentially. Um, in the past, most of their crimes have been small-time, but their hunger for newer, more lethal, and expensive cyberware, pushing more dangerous drugs, inclined them to attack larger targets, such as those that serve the solos and corporations. So the area is primed to erupt in a bloodbath. As it often does in Night City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 2077, the Maelstrom Gang is located in the All Foods plant in Night City. With 1,300 members, they are led by Royce after he deposed and imprisoned the last boss, Brick. They are known to have heavy combat augmentation, pain editors, reflex boosters, and signature red street mod optical units of unknown capabilities. Well, we get that. As we see in the games, if you play 2077 at all, the very iconic look of a Maelstrom member, they're like weird red spider eyes, as well as just like, I mean, most of them are missing like chunks of their face and stuff with it, and then all their their leather and chrome. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm loving these nicknames, though. Hammer and Brick. They're great. <laughs> It's um, almost like they're really simple people that all they crave is violence. <laughs> so they go for names of weapons. <laughs> yeah. But uh, mil Oh go ahead. Oh no, I was just like the the signature optical units. I was like, yeah, you know instantly when you are looking at a Maelstrom. Uh Maelstrom's territory is part of or oh, sorry, Maelstrom's territory is the industrial part of Watson. Its factories, the Totentans Club is where you will find them. Deeply obsessed with cyber technology, their urge to improve the weakness of their own human flesh is far stronger than their fear of cyber psychos. Do you think that they, like, have shrines to Smasher? No, because he's corporate. Mmm, valid. But if he wasn't, they still would because he's a solo. <sighs> <laughs> fine <laughs> but I'm just like he's like the king of Borgs he would be the one that they would look up to but fine that but he's also fun. a sellout so D&D <laughs> mm. uh, &D Lorecast in chat says that the original art of the Maelstrom members makes them look less neo-Nazi and more ultimate warrior and I agree with that and I think that you know, the neo-Nazis definitely were the original Red Chrome Legion. And they yeah, this is very much the Red Chrome Legion and the 
But the, the ultimate warrior comes from back when they were... Because they weren't always like this. With When they were the metal warriors, they were kind of like... Nomad-ish? Like, yeah, or like, I don't know, like with the Code of Honor, just like samurai code kind of thing or something. Mm. Yeah, I can like see Like actual that. samurai, not... <laughs> uh, not the band. Not the band Samurai the Johnny's book. Yeah, you know, that was a bad reference, I realize. <laughs> I love how no everything like, wor- weaves together, though. <laughs> samurai. It's almost like there's a lot of Japanese inspiration in Cyberpunk. Hmm, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have <laughs> <laughs> I think we built a pretty good foundation about who the Maelstrom were back in the day and where we're starting to see them in 2077. So why don't we go to our mid-break and then we can get back into it. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything about the podcast and nothing about cyberpunk itself. This should only take a few seconds, though. We do have a new patron to shout out, Spencer W. Thank you, Choom, for becoming the newest addition to our crew. And that brings us up to 14. Nova. (laughs) Toasty cringed at that, and that's okay. (laughs) It's not cringe. I wasn't expecting the episode <laughs> oh yeah see you need to be here on our live stream so you can get all the additional stuff and we are up at twitch.tv slash cyberpunk lorecast uh streaming every week every thursday night at 6 p.m east 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern <laughs> so come catch the live stream and join in on the chat we also do have a new review to read out uh so Jen and Toasty are the bestie. <laughs> Five stars. That is actually factual information. We are, in fact... Well, we, we go... We say beastie now because we're more than bestie. But, you know, close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate the effort. <laughs> Jen and Toasty are the beastie. <laughs> uh, and they knock this out of the park. I enjoy their commentary and thoughts on the game. And as always, Genesis has me cackling. Y'all rock. Y'all rock. Love teacup. (laughs) Via Apple Podcasts in the United States uh, back on the 4th of November. Thanks, T. Love you, too. Yeah, you're not. You're not Southern. I am not. But he is. You're not Southern. He's- yeah, no, I, but like he, the way you said y'all, it was, yeah. Oh, what? Tell an instant. <laughs> My Oregonian y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to read it out in a little Southern, in Southern accent? I can't do it. I don't actually have a Southern accent, but I do say y'all very often. It's a good word. Gender neutral for a group of people. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's true. Ah, okay. The only other thing that we have to remind you guys about is our special code uh, through MetallicDiceGames.com. Our code is CPLC, as in Cyberpunk Lore 
cast. Uh, and if you're going, well, Jen, I love dice, but metallics are heavy and they can damage my table and they're expensive. Well, I got your back, dudes. They have resin dice. They have acrylic dice. They have plastic dice. They have rubber dice, which I had to pick up. And now I'm having way too much fun because they're super bouncy and I can make them go all the way across the table in just one roll. <laughs> it's fun. I buy way too much dice. I am Dice Goblin. So this code is saving me money on each order I have placed so far. And of course, Toasty and I get a little bit of a kickback. So I appreciate it if you could get on and order yourself a set of dice. Okay. How about we get back into it and talk some more Maelstrom? All right. Let's get back into it. Talk about more psychos, because psychos are fun. Uh, and they are pretty important in the 2077 game. So let's talk about where they are and what they're up to now. All right. So uh, Cyberpunk 2020, the uh, the tabletop, they can be found in the old downtown, um, which I'm, I'm, Jen would have to enlighten you on that one. I still have not played that system. So does that sound familiar, Jen? Mm. Me? No, because that's not where Arasaka was. It didn't get blowed up. I don't know where Old Downtown is located. Maybe it's now part of the Badlands? I'm trying to think of where it would be located in Night City in order for it to not be on the map anymore. Well, I guess we'll have to look into it and enlighten them sometime in the future. <laughs> Old downtown uh, will hit the scream sheet soon. Yeah. Uh, in 2077, they can be found in Watson, uh, Northside, and Kabuki. Uh, their locations, as far as like specific uh, factions of them, because, uh, of course, within the gang themselves, there's different like groups or cliques or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the abandoned all plant. Totentans, the Factory Hall, the Heaven Med Clinic. Uh, and, uh, of course, we talked about their founder, Hammer, um, who founded the Metal Warriors, uh, and then was tossed out, and they became Maelstrom, and much, much worse. <clears throat> their leader is Simon Royce Randall. That's currently in 2077. We meet him. And of course, you can actually uh, you can actually have an effect on uh, whether he stays the leader or not, and it reverts leadership to the old or the previous leader, Declan Brick Griffin. I got to be honest; these don't look like a Simon Randall or a Declan Griffin when you look at them. This is never would have thought those things. Um, and then we also have Ophelia Patricia Ciro Ciroian Ciroian. Yeah, and okay, so I'm wondering. Okay, Simon changes his name to Royce, and I kind of get that. Royce sounds like a Rolls Royce. It's you know at least something chrome. And then Declan changes his name to Brick, which smash Brick. He'll hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, it's the word. 
Ophelia changes her name to Patricia? We- <laughs> I don't get it. We talked about how like off the wall Kate and Douglas are. Patricia falls into that category. But I've met yeah. her. She is the leader of the Maelstrom in my current playthrough. Yeah, that's just like... I don't know. Like you used to doing it, and there's like even obviously in 2045, and I imagine older, the older stuff. You kind of get like you like choose like your name, but you also kind of choose your handle, like the nickname you go by, your street name, which is kind of like the same idea they're going here, like Royce Brick, but like, and then you normally have like an actual name that you cover over with the handle, but like. This is Patricia, which is just kind of another name. I don't know. I guess Royce is technically another name, but uh, you know, it's it's just something. It's just crazy. I definitely don't pick other names for my handles in in Cyberpunk Red, but uh, maybe that's just me. Um, and uh, current number of members we have thirteen hundred, which not. Uh, doesn't seem like a lot but i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah i believe and we will of course get the the actual numbers as we go through more of the gangs but i believe they are on i think they are the second smallest gang mm. next to the the voodoo boys who are the smallest although their numbers for the voodoo boys are kind of a mystery because they are of course, such a such a mystery. But I know, like tire claws, animals, like all of those gangs are like massive. So moving on to uh, their philosophy and structure, uh, they are of course fascinated with cyberware, the net, the occult, and the pursuit of any otherworldly sensation. They partition their organization into smaller groups, each responsible for a different part of the empire. Depending on the task, these groups can be as large as 30 members and partake in raids, hit jobs, or protecting valuable cargo, or as few as four or five if patrolling their own turf. Uh, This gang also appears to have an affinity for nicknames. (laughs) So maybe that's how Patricia became Patricia. So maybe someone else called her that. Who really knows? Yeah, alright. I mean, you look like a Patricia? Yeah, I guess. I I can't think of any Patricias that I know. That's my problem. The only one I got is like Rebel Wilson's character in Pitch Perfect. Uh, I definitely know. Well, no, I do. I have a cousin named Patricia, but everybody calls her Patty. And then when I thought of the name Patty in my head, I also went Patty Mayonnaise from the old Doug cartoon. Did you watch that as a kid? Damn, another reference Toasty's not going to get. Moving on. I didn't even want to answer that one because I never even heard. You never knew the adventures of Quail Man, and that makes me sad. (laughs) Never even heard of it. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Uh, 
to criminal activity source of income, the main revenue stream for Maelstrom comes from smuggling illegal meds and drugs. They also perform hit jobs, which they execute in a bizarre and brutal fashion. Many victims are found dismembered, skinned alive, or found in wet concrete. Ugh. They also perform well-planned and executed heists on guarded corporate transports. Another prominent source of income is the Totem Tans Club, the most popular gangster club and drink and riot venue in the city. Totem Tans is located in an abandoned factory where other gangers go to party and listen to neo-death metal music as long as they obey the Maelstrom's authority and customs. If a knight at Totem Tans Club has a body count less than a dozen it is considered crappy and boring. <laughs> okay, so I was recently in the club on the mi- on a mission. I think it was rescuing Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, I actually like this music, and that's not good. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't want to go hang out in the Maelstrom Club. Mm-mm. Not good, not good, not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors say that the gang is involved in the production of black market brain dancer records, especially bizarre, disturbing, and extremely violent ones. Other records they are rumored to produce are called a numbness, an emotional void that places users in a strange state of mind, which are quite popular among overstimulated BD users. Despite these rumors, the NCPD has found no evidence to prove the Maelstrom are involved in the BD black market. Well, of course they can't. The NCPD are worthless. Vastly underfunded. Vastly underfunded. Yeah. Of course. Which I but like if you think about it, you kind of get into those circles in the game and we also don't find any evidence of that. That is valid. At least not that I can remember cuz we get we do I mean obviously there is a quest line takes us into, like, some really uh, fucked up BDs. But that's just, like, the scavs. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they don't. I also really like this idea of the numbness ones. You know, um, did you find the stranger? Uh, The random monk dude? that you can go and get all the BD recordings from. I found those ones really soothing and I liked them. And I'm wondering if that's kind of the same strange state of mind that you can get to in these ones. I think that'd be really cool to see. If I feel like that was like, like, like those ones were kind of like, like were calming or whatever. I don't think for the way it's, I feel like it's actually just nothing. They just straight nothingness. Somehow they managed to recreate that, which probably works really effectively for cyber psychos. Yeah. It's how they can probably. hold themselves back. Cause we've talked about how going to therapy and stuff like that can help. Um, yeah. And they're not going to go to therapy anytime soon. That's for damn sure. Mm-mm. But like being able to just stick yourself into like, just a state of like, just, numb like to the void essentially like i'm sure that halts or like at least gives you a, uh, a reprieve sounds from, like the 
futuristic version of uh, those tanks that you can go into now, like the float tanks, the sensory deprivation ones. That oh, one. yeah. Never, never done one of those. I haven't either because I'm afraid of them. But that's a story for another time. Let's go and take a look behind the scenes of the Maelstrom and pull directly from the 2077 art book, which I have right there. So straight from the book. These factory, the factories and warehouses of Northside Night City are home to Maelstrom, a highly feared gang with a reputation for extreme violence. Its members worship the mysteries of cyberspace. And this fascination, this fascination inspires them to dehumanize themselves with drastic cyber modifications. This is blended with a heavy dose of Nordic mythology and all things occult seen most frequently in their many tattoos and the graffiti they use to mark their territory, as if to show that they see beyond the surface of reality. Maelstrom members often implant goggle-like cyber eyes that glow a ghastly red and let them hack drones or see vital information in combat. Maelstrom members also are fond of lower arm mantis blade implants and piece of industrial machinery repurposed into an instrument of death. They top this look off with synthetic leather jackets and pants that both fit their death metal aesthetic and allow them to conceal blades when sneaking into enemy territory for one of their trademark messy hit jobs. Yeah. Just a uh, quick correction. <laughs> you skipped a lot. What? I did? They're a fan of mantis blades, lower arm mantis blades, and bone supports that let them wield the heavy uh, equipment <laughs> and industrial machinery. Oh, okay. <laughs> they are not fans of installing industrial machinery <laughs> in their arms. Although, I'm sure if it was viable... They probably would. Let's be honest. Oh. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It was a huge chunk of text, and I was trying to read it in a nice, soothing, I'm reading direct quotes <laughs> voice. And it screwed me up somehow. There we go, then. Uh, should we end on a couple of little fun facts from the gang? I don't know how fun Maelstorm is, but... We could talk trivia. I'm sure they think they're rousing fun. <laughs> rousing. That's such an old word. <laughs> oh my god. What? Oh no. That's good. It's good. Uh Maelstrom are the only gang in Cyberpunk 2077 to have the extreme threat level. Because of this, Maelstrom can be considered to be the most violent gang in all of the gangs in Night City, even more so than the Animals, a gang specifically known for its brutality and violence. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agreed. Although, I mean... Animals are just like these synthetic muscle-enhanced versions. Where Maelstrom puts in cyberware, they put in muscle... I think it's like enhanced muscle fibers and stuff like that. So, I mean, 
they're kind of the same. They're probably just less violent and because they're in the deadest part of the city at this point. Yeah. Because they run Pacifica, and Pacifica is, like, way less populated. The information about Maelstrom provided by Dexter Deshawn during the ride indicates that the gang has only got, like, 30 to 40 active members. And that's bad intel. Yeah. Like, they're small. They're not that small. Yeah. They're not that, like... That'd be rough. Imagine you go to war, like, ah, there's only about 30, 40 of them. Sure, they're all cybered out, but, like, we're good. We're solid. And then you just show up, and then there's 1,300 of them that you have to contend with. Yeah. It's not even, like, that's, that's a two-digit difference. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no. So, rough. do you think Dexter was doing that because he has bad intel? Or because it's another way that he wants to try and screw us over? Mm-hmm. I don't think he would try to screw you over pre-job. I just, I don't so, I think he's just missing for... Remember, he's he's just coming back. He, like, just got back. He's, like, his information, he's still reconnecting, building up his network again. So, yeah, I think that make, it makes sense that he may just be confused. Or maybe Maelstrom's just pretty good at hiding. Or they maybe all they, look the same, so you... Way. They, they all look the same because of their eyes, and so you can't tell if that's the same one standing right over there and over there, so the count is way off. That's actually not that a bad... That actually be fair. Yeah. That might actually be pretty fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but I think... You got any other thoughts on Maelstrom? Should we wrap it up for the night? Uh, final thoughts? They're... Real bad guys. That's what I got. Bad dudes, no want. I mean, I'll be darned if they're not iconic, at least. Yeah? Oh, I think my seeing them in Edge Runners was awesome, and how Kiwi takes out... Kiwi took out, like, 50 of them all in one shot. That was badass. True. I wonder what that who that leader was. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That could have just been one of the little clusters that they talked about, not That's the true. whole gang as a whole. Oh, it wasn't yeah, because there was that. Well, I guess the leader's not worth mentioning because David turned him into paste. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you put a high high velocity explosive projectile into the skull, even of a Maelstrom guy, it usually doesn't, uh, usually not a whole lot left there, so, yeah, fair enough. But he, like, I think, specifically in that, he had, like, a massive red eye, right? I'm trying to remember that part. I don't remember him having multiple eyes. I think he had, like, one big one. Yeah. Like a Cyclops. That rings true in my brain of seeing just the one big eye. And I think I think I've seen that in a couple, um, on a couple of the Maelstrom in 2077 also. Like, it's not always oh, spider eyes. And then 
the some of them only have the two, and those are the ones who are raising up in the rank. Yeah. That's it? I think so. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up for the night, and we'll see you guys next week. So remember to follow us on Twitter at CyberpunkLore, and come check us out on Patreon.com slash CyberpunkLoreCast. Make sure to watch us live on Twitch.tv slash CyberpunkLoreCast on Thursdays, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. What else you got going on, Toasty? Um, I, of course, have uh, the Witcher lore cast that I do with Tom or robots. And I also uh, have the Cyberpunk Red Actual Play podcast I do with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang called Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D. Um, and uh, might as well just add the fact that... Um, what, are, what is what the final episode of this month, I think? Because we're doing the Patreon channel a little early. Or Jin will be doing the Patreon channel a little early. And then uh, the final episode of the month, I believe, uh, we will not be having a live show that week. Because I'm going out of town. So it will be a pre-recorded episode. But I will be back for November, but not November, December. <laughs> it's already November. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll make sure uh, next week when we do the live recording for the Patreon episode, I will let you guys know what weeks we are live streaming. And even if it's not an episode recording, I started a new V last night. I may just jump on here and, uh, live stream some of my playthrough except for the fact that that thursday that we aren't recording is because thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving so no yep. i will not be yep yep <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> i think that's an easier way to put it you can catch us basically any thursday night on this live stream except for thanksgiving also, uh, if you want to catch me streaming other things, I am one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Oh, I have so much fun on that show. Also, I am once again going to shout out Miracle of Sound. We talked about him at the top of this episode, but tonight I'll close it out with while we use the synth wave instrumental version of the song Neon Red, the original has lyrics and it is so good. So go give him a listen. And while you're out there, always remember... Stay safe in Night City. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. 
I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.